0: Moses spake before the Lord, saying, "Behold, the children of Israel have not hearkened unto me. How then shall Pharaoh hear me, who am of uncircumcised lips?" And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, and gave them a charge unto the children of Israel, and unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Let's open the Word of Prayer. Dear, mighty and wondrous and heavenly Father, we just thank you for this chance once again to come before your throne of grace this morning. To be able to come before you and know that you are the great and mighty and wondrous God. The one who is in control of all things and the one who is above all things. Lord, we just praise you and thank you, Lord, for your mercy, your love and your grace. Lord, we just pray that as we spend time within this passage this morning, as we see Moses and Israel lord and how they act and respond and then to see what you would have them to do lord, We just pray that you might just be able to be with each and every one of us lord help any distractions or anything that might be going on outside of this to be put away and allow just this time this morning to be focused upon you that your name might be lifted up and glorified we pray lord, we just pray that you might just bless your word this morning to our hearts Apply it to our lives, Lord, hide me behind your cross and allow you to be able to be the one giving forth the instructions and giving forth your word this morning. Just bless your word to our hearts and allow us to be able to honour and glorify you through it. we pray in Christ's precious and wondrous name. Amen. When I last preached here in Exodus, God had given Moses the confidence boost he needed when he spoke to him of verses 1 through to 8. And he reminded Moses again of what he was going to do in order to accomplish God's will. Moses then takes this message to the nation of Israel, ready to lead them out to the land of Egypt, just as God had promised. However, Israel's attitude is not what he expected. Moses then in response turns back to God, but God once again simply tells him what he needs to do. So as we walk through this passage here in Exodus chapter 6 this morning, we will see Israel's attitude, Moses' response, and God's command. Israel's attitude, Moses' response, and God's command. Firstly, let's look at Israel's attitude in verse 9. Actually, we'll jump back and we'll start at verse 6. Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I'll bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I'll rid you out of their bondage, and I'll redeem you with the stretched out arm, and with great judgments. And I'll take you to me for a people, and I'll be to you a God, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I'll bring you in unto the land, concerning the which I did swear to give to it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and I'll give it you for an inheritance. I am the Lord. And Moses spake so unto the children of Israel. But they hearken not unto Moses for anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. Moses now takes this instruction given to him throughout the first part of chapter six, and he takes it to the Israelites, telling them that God, uh, telling them what God had said. He will take care of them, he'll deliver them from bondage, he will take them as his people, giving them the promised land. But Israel didn't want to hear it. And this is a major contrast as, as to how they had responded earlier. Turn back to chapter 4 and verse 29. Chapter 4 and verse 29. And Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. And Aaron spoke, spake all the words which the Lord had spoken unto Moses, and did the signs in the sight of the people. And the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that he had looked upon their affliction, then they bowed their heads and worshipped. When the message had come through to Israel the first time, they believed. They heard the Lord, they believed what he'd said. And they even then proceeded to bow their heads and worship God. So where was this this time? Where was this going on this time? Back then they had believed and worshipped, but now after one small setback, They had turned away from God. They completely refused to listen to what God had said. So why was this the case? Well, we see that at the end part of verse 9. But they hearken not unto Moses for anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. This phrase, anguish of spirit, means to be under so much pressure. To be under so much pressure that their spirits were literally broken that they basically had enough. They had no time to go see Pharaoh because they were too busy doing what Pharaoh had told them to do. They were slaves to Pharaoh, and so they were too busy doing all these things that they had no time to be able to go speak to Pharaoh. Plus, they were probably scared of what might happen if they went to Pharaoh again. And that's why it's got that second part there, and for cruel bondage. If Moses had been to Pharaoh the first time and he'd increased their workload, if they were to go to Pharaoh again, what else would he do? Surely he would then proceed to give them a further level of bondage, to place more pressure upon them. Israel were down in the dumps. Their spirits were broken and they had now lost complete hope. It's like they had resigned themselves to just stay there forever. They had simply got their eyes off the Lord. They were not looking to Him and they were completely discouraged about what was going on. But they need to remember that He was still in control. It had been told to them what would happen. Pharaoh would then concede or give them more pressure, but eventually they would be let free. But Israel had forgotten this. They were too busy focused upon their situation rather than being focused upon their God. And we've seen this so many times throughout these first six chapters of Exodus. This pressure and this constant trials and problems and situations. But once again, it's just a wonderful reminder that in the end, God is in control. God is the one who is in charge. One commentator put it like this, our hope and faith are often hindered by physical and temporal circumstances. But our God knows our frame and is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. God knows what we're going through. God knows the pressure that's placed upon us. God knows the temptations. God knows the trials that we go through. God knows all that we are going through. And we need to simply keep our eyes fixed upon him. Through these times of trials, through these times of pressure, we need to keep our eyes fixed on him because he will lead us through. He is in control. He is the one who is in charge. We don't need to be discouraged. We need to just focus upon the Lord. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9 says, Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. God is with us each and every step. We don't need to be worried. We don't need to be worried about the cares of this world. We just need to be focused upon the Lord. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Throughout this passage we can see several times God reminding us that he will take care of tomorrow. He will be in charge and no matter what we might go through God is still in control. He is still in charge. He will look after us day by day. We just simply need to trust him. Easy to say, I know, much harder to do but it's a reminder for us. That time and time again, when we go through those times, we go through those trials, we just simply need to keep on looking to the Lord because He is the one who is in control. So, how did Moses respond to this news? Secondly, let's see Moses' response. We've had Israel's attitude of discouragement. Now, Moses' response, his response is one of inadequacy. Got it right every time I practice that word at home. I got it wrong. Moses' response: inadequacy. Look in verses ten through to twelve. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, "Go in, speak unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt. They let the children of Israel go out of his land." And Moses spake before the Lord, saying, "Behold, the children of Israel have not hearkened unto me. How then shall Pharaoh hear me, who am of uncircumcised lips?" Coming back from speaking to the nation of Israel and to the elders of Israel, Moses' confidence was now shot. After the Israelites had not listened, Moses was now dejected himself. I mean, how could he lead Israel if they weren't even willing to listen? Look in verse 12, And Moses spake before the Lord, saying, Behold, the children of Israel have not hearkened unto me. So, As as Moses goes back to God, he said, Israel's not listening to me. And if Israel's not going to even listen to me, why would Pharaoh even listen to me? He feels like no one is is going to listen to what he has to say and what he needs to say for God. And then he pulls out one of his favorite excuses. How then shall Pharaoh hear me, who am of uncircumcised lips? The words uncircumcised lips, of course, is a metaphorical expression. The word circumcised spoke of perfection. So Moses speaks about him having imperfect lips. How can I speak with imperfect lips? But God had actually dealt with this situation already. God had already told him what to do with this earlier on in chapter 4. Chapter 4 and verse 10. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant by a slow speech and of a slow tongue. Moses had raised this before to God and told him that he was not eloquent, that he had a slow speech, that he was of a slow tongue. But what did the Lord say? And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I'll be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou hast shalt say. God had said to him, I was the one who made you, I made your mouth, I made your lips, so therefore you can go and teach, because I am with you. I am the one who created I will be able to make it to speak. And then Moses kept on going in verse 13. And he said, O my Lord, send I pray thee by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. He said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him, and put words in his mouth. And I will be with thy mouth, and with his mouth, and will teach you what ye shall do. And he shall be thy spokesman unto the people. And he shall be, even he shall be to thee, instead of a mouth. And thou shalt be to him instead of God. So even if Moses' mouth had faltered, he then was going to give Aaron to him to be able to speak to Pharaoh and speak to the nation of Israel. So God had put plans in place. So there was no reason for Moses to once again, here in chapter 6, come back and talk about his uncircumcised lips, his imperfect lips. God had made his mouth. God would allow him to talk. And he'd placed Aaron in that position to help him communicate what he needed to say. Moses was where God wanted him to be. The statements are repeated over in in, in chapter 6 and verse 30. Moses said before the Lord, Behold, I am of uncircumcised lips, and how shall Pharaoh hearken unto me? Moses was just so focused upon his impurities, his imperfections, rather than focusing on upon the Creator God. And Moses needed to simply trust the Lord. He just needed to look to the Lord and trust in Him. And to go to Pharaoh as God had said. To do what God had told him to do. And even if that meant he had to go alone without the rest of the nation of Israel, he was still to stand up for the Lord and go and teach exactly what God wanted him to teach. You see, God had a plan. God would use his inadequacies to be able to present this message to Pharaoh and to bring the nation of Israel out of bondage. He was to follow the Lord. And God would use his weaknesses, God would use Moses' faults and failures to be able to show forth God's mighty power. He would show forth that it wasn't just what Moses had done, but what the Lord had done. And time and time again throughout the Bible, we can be able to see stories and stories upon people who were weak or lowly, being used by the great and mighty God. The first two that came to my mind were David, that small little shepherd's boy, being picked to be the king above all his big and strong brothers. That little shepherd's boy being able to go forth and defeat Goliath, not in his own strength, but by the power of the Lord. And the other one was Gideon having that massive army whittled down to just 300, and then being able to go forth and defeat God's enemies, once again, not because of the people of that army, but because of the Lord. And each each of these times, small men were used big for God. Small, weak, imperfect men were used by the mighty Lord of glory. And wasn't showing man's power, instead it was showing the power of God. Because he is the one who provides. John 3 verse 30 says, He must increase and I, but I must decrease. And God will use our weaknesses to help accomplish his will. Because he is the one who is in control. We just simply need to stand up for him. Because God can do mighty things with someone who's just sold out for the Lord. We might have to go it alone, but we need to make sure that we're just fully committed to Him and leave the rest up to Him. Because God is the one who's in control. If we're fully committed to God's service, then He will take care of the rest. We just need to spend our time being sold out for Him. So as Moses gave his excuse, what did God say? What did God say? Well, thirdly, we see God's command. God's command. Look in verse 11. uh, Start in verse 10, sorry. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Go in, speak unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt. They let the children of Israel go out of his land. And Moses spake before the Lord, saying, Behold, the children of Israel have not hearkened unto me. How then shall Pharaoh hear me, who am of uncircumcised lips? And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, and gave them a charge unto the children of Israel, and unto Pharaoh king of Egypt, to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. As Moses gave his excuse to God, God just gave him a simple command. This simple charge that he gives to him. A command or instruction to Israel and to Pharaoh. Have a look over in chapter 7. We see this word charge also used as the word command. And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh. And Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. Thou shalt speak all that I command thee. And Aaron thy brother shall speak unto Pharaoh. They shall... They send the children of Israel out of his land. This word command here is the same word as the word charge used in chapter 6 and verse 13. And his command or his charge to Pharaoh is let my people go. Not just for three days. I mean that was the request earlier, chapter 5 and verse 1. And afterward Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. And they said, The the God of the Hebrews hath met with us. Let us go, we pray thee, three days' journey into the desert, and sacrifice unto the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. And the king of Egypt said unto them, Wherefore do ye? Moses and Aaron, let the people from their works get you unto your burdens. Previously, God had asked for them to have this three-day journey to go and worship the Lord in the wilderness. But now the stakes were raised. Pharaoh had refused that request. And so the instruction was, Pharaoh, let your slaves go free. No, No wonder Moses was worried about going to see Pharaoh. Moses was worried about this king rather than worried about the king of kings. But the command was to bring Israel out, to bring Israel out of bondage and to take them into the promised land. And Moses just needed to go and do it. To follow the Lord. The Lord had given him this simple instruction, go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And even if he had to do it without Israel's support, even if he had to do it by himself, that was okay because he needed to just step out in the faith and go. Because that's what God had told him to do. Even if he went to alone, Moses was to just go. Take that step of faith. And sometimes we just need to go too. The Lord tells us, go and do this, then we need to take that step of faith and do it. If the Lord tells us to go and serve the Lord in another country, then we need to just step out and do it. Don't be worried about our faltering lips. Don't be worried about what's going on. Don't be worried about who's going to go with us. Sometimes we just need to go. If the Lord tells us to stand up to those who might be speaking against Him, and there's no one else who's going to stand by us, we just need to stand alone. because we just need to trust in the Lord. We just need to stand up for Him and do as the Lord commands. It reminds me of that stand that Joshua made in chapter 24 and verse 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He was willing to stand up for God and even if it was just his family, even if Joshua and his family were the only ones who had served the Lord, that's all right. He was still going to stand up for God. And it's a hard thing to do to be able to stand up for the Lord ourselves, but we need to do it because we serve a great and mighty God. Even if we might be the only ones going forth and standing for God, so be it. But we should be willing to stand forth for the truth. Willing to stand forth and follow the Lord's will. Whatever it might entail. And the trials we go through may be hard. And we may even have to go through it on our own. But we must serve the Lord no matter what. Even if we have to serve alone. Let's close in a word of prayer. Dear Wonderful and Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for this challenge and this command for us to be able to stand up and serve you no matter what the cost. Help us, Lord, to be able to put away all thoughts of our impurities, but instead, Lord, to be trusting in you and to be trusting in your strength, your power and your will. Help us to stand up for you no matter what we might have to go through. Help us to honour you, to praise you and to glorify you. And Lord, help us to stand up even if we're the ones standing alone. Lord, we just thank you for your word this morning. We just pray that you might bless it to our hearts and help us to remember your love, your care and your compassion. And Lord, give us the strength and wisdom and guidance that we need to be able to stand up for you, even if we might and upstanding alone, we pray in Christ's precious and wondrous name.